Welcome to the Mark Lesko Podcast. Covering the sports and fitness world. Austin, we are back once again for another episode of the Mark Let's Go podcast and the Mark and Austin show. It's good to be back, Austin. We have uh, several topics we're going to cover this week. Uh, junior day visits. That was a big that was a big uh, a big event last week for Penn State football. Uh, got some Noah Kane news. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about um, Cincinnati football, too, and the hires that they're making. Um, it's just good for the parity of football and uh it's just good overall for college. It's just good overall for college football to see some of the uh, quality coaches going to Cincinnati, uh, and the importance of the young guys playing that are coming in. Uh, we're going to talk about that and uh, Drew Aller and Clifford and the qu- quarterback battle there, uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, strength conditioning program. Uh, Chuck Losey is officially the head strength conditioning coach. Uh, his uh, staff is. Uh, all uh all on board uh, i saw a list of them earlier i saw uh, garrett sickles uh former defensive end for penn state uh, big 10 champion he was on uh greg garrity's team played in the nfl for a little bit actually played in the super bowl uh he posted about it and he uh he was happy about who they hired there so that's good um coming from a guy like him uh, austin it's good to have you back man yeah, a pleasure to be back as always. How you doing? Right? How you doing tonight? Doing well, man. Have a had a nice, uh, eventful day at work. Uh, so it's always, always, always good to have a, a good, positive, eventful day when you're when you're coaching folks or assessing new people and all that kind of good stuff. But ready yeah. to uh, to get down to it and, and talk some Penn State. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a Tuesday for sure, for sure. Um, but I went to the store and. Got some more food, so uh, that's always good. Um, particularly Kodak cakes. I'm trying those. I've never tried them before, but you have to let those. me know. Yeah, I've heard good things. I've heard but, good uh, things too, but I never tried them. <laughs> well, they're protein pancakes, which is good for us because we're both trainers. But um, yeah, man. To start off, uh, Chuck Losey, like I said, new head strength conditioning coach. Uh, he's the dude with the uh, handlebar mustache on the sideline. Uh, pretty big guy. I believe he was brought in with, uh, Franklin. I believe he's always been on Franklin staff. I think he was there under, uh, Fitzgerald too. They're under Craig Fitzgerald. Yeah. I think he was there. I think I called him Pat before, but, um, yeah, Craig Fitzgerald. Um, I believe he was there under O'Brien. I believe that's when he first came in because under Paterno, when I went to football camps and stuff, they had their own staff. And I don't think many of those guys stayed. I think, um, I think they were brought in with, with, uh, O'Brien staff. Um, and I think Terrell golden, I know he was on the staff under O'Brien for a little bit. Um, I don't know if he had anything to do with the strength and conditioning, but, um, yeah, I believe he was brought in with O'Brien and he's still here. Um, I don't know exactly – I don't know much about his background, to be honest, other than he's been on our staff for quite some time now. 
Uh, but he actually had a quote. He said, for the past 11 years, I've had a clear vision of what I wanted the next step to be in my coaching career. Working alongside James Franklin and Dwight Galt has offered me the opportunity to help cultivate my craft in order to become more than prepared to take on this new role. I'm grateful to continue the relationships built with the student athletes, staff, and Penn State community. Let's get to work. So we'll see how he do how how he does, man. Um, I, I like we've said before, that's a very important uh, part of our program, uh, and I hope he does well. Um, so I just wanted to. I just wanted to uh, talk about that. Uh, the other thing that I mentioned earlier was junior day visits. So basically, uh, class of 23, uh, they'll come uh, for a visit, basically an early visit uh, going into their senior year. Uh, they already have several offers from, I'm sure, several D1 schools. Uh, I mean, recruiting for years now, it's literally they, they start recruiting kids in like eighth grade. So uh for those of you that don't know these guys visiting this early is not uh, uncommon at all uh some of these guys have probably already been here um on recruiting business and stuff so getting them here uh what they do is like what they do now is they'll come they'll throw on like penn state gear or they'll take pictures of them uh stuff like that they have like a whole setup they have like videos uh it's it's a, it's a whole it's a whole completely different thing um, that they've been doing in recent years. And it just basically, I mean, if I was a recruit and I had like Penn state football gear on and I'm getting pictures and I mean, you're the king of your high school for sure. When you're getting pictures like that, uh, it's just, you know, it's just kind of to entice them and pull them in. Um, but we had the likes of uh, John Walker. He's a defensive lineman, six, three, three, ten as a, going into his senior year, Osceola, Florida. He's a very large man. Uh, Derek LeBlanc, defensive line, 6'4", 270 from the same area, class of 23. Uh, we've got Tamir Robinson, 6'4", 210 athlete. I'm not sure what his 40 time is, but if he's 6'4", I'm guessing he's either going to be like a wide receiver or a linebacker. Austin might know better, but um, he's from Pennsylvania. 6'2", 225, Samaj Bridgman. Uh, Archbishop Wood, Pennsylvania, linebacker, class of 23. Uh, good counsel, Maryland. We got a guy, Dylan Gooden, 6'5, 205, edge, edge rusher, Sam Pendleton, 6'5, 290. So these are some big guys, man. Um, I'm very impressed by some of the size of these linemen that they got coming in this year. And then some of the ones that they're recruiting got a tight end, 6'6, 205. Exeter PA, Joey, Joey Schlafer, uh, Clinton Schlafler. Martin. What's that? I mean, I think it's Schlafler. I think Schlafler. Okay. I actually, I actually watched, uh, I watched him play when Exeter played, um, Singleton squad. Okay. Uh, and he, he had a, he had a pretty good game. Exeter yeah. with, with that upset, uh, that upset over governor Mifflin. Yeah. In the playoffs. That was, that was a great game. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about Penn state tight ends. Uh, I mean, they've always had good tight ends. I mean, we had a tight end drafted in the top 10 in the NFL draft in 95. Uh, so going all the way back to then, you know, Mike Kosicki, um, Pat Fryermuth, these tight ends, especially if they're from Pennsylvania, they see them in the NFL. Pat Fryermuth is literally a franchise tight end. So uh, he is the next uh, tight end for the Steelers. I mean, they already have a chant for him and everything. So 
that's when the Steelers are chanting your name after you catch a ball, like we've said, like I've said before, you have like your own chant, like you're pretty much here for the rest of your life. So um, that's good to see, but it's good that recruits see this kind of stuff that these guys are going on to the NFL. Quentin Martin, 6'2", 180, uh, Bell Vernon, their athlete. 6'2", 190 defensive backs, Jaden Bonsu. I think we've talked about him from before, uh, St. Peter's Prep, New Jersey. These are all class of 23. Uh, Musso Kane, 6'1", 175 athlete. So we're getting a lot of athletes. Another lineman, uh, offensive lineman, 6'8", 320. That's, uh, that's unbelievable. He's class of 24. And then we had a class of 25 guy, 5'10", 185, running back, Aliquippa, Dequai Hayes. I'm sure we'll hear more from him, but he's class of 25, so he's uh, going into a sophomore year. Um, man, as a sophomore, you're already getting looked at by Penn State. That's that's unreal. But um, pretty big day, Austin. Pretty big day for Penn State having these guys here. It's good to have these guys here early, like I said. Um, they just – it's – it's good to get them here, get them exposure, uh, probably open up their eyes a little bit, see like Division One, uh, Division One level uh, caliber uh, like buildings, how they're set up, the field, Aluba Hall, the stadium. Um, it's I'm sure just a uh, just a bright spot for them. Um, and then we had a few other guys. Uh, there's no uh, stars on any of these guys. I don't know if they. I'm sure they do have like star ratings, but that definitely changes. Um, offensive lineman, 6'6", 295. Samson, I can't even spell, say his last name. No, uh, Lola. Okay. Oaken, okay. I'll just let you say that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he's probably, uh, he's probably, if, if you're going to put a, uh, a number one, or you're going to put any kind of a ranking, he's probably number one. Uh, okay. He is a premier tackle guy. Um, like you said, he's 6'6", 295. Very athletic, uh, very big, prototypical tackle. Um, he's top. I think he's top three at his position. Okay. Um, and he's, and he's from New England. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's from Massachusetts. I think. Yep. Um, but he's, uh, yeah, he he's probably. If if you're gonna hit on somebody, we if anything transpires because with this junior day, we want we want that guy. Uh, okay. We want that guy for sure. What about uh, Birchmeyer? Uh, well, Birchmeyer, uh, I don't know. I don't know what he's ranked now. Uh, I know he's, he's, he's <clears throat> yeah, he's going to be, a, yeah, going to be an interior guy. Yeah. He's interior. So this guy must be tackle. We've got a mere herring. He, yep. Yep. He's a, he's tackle all the way. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, my, my suspicion, and I, we talked about this the other, the other day too, or uh, the, the other, the other show, uh, it seems to me I'm, I'm feeling like probably, I'm feeling probably at least five. I think five is the number. And I think you're going to see two interior guys, which they already pretty much have. Um, yeah. And then you're, you, you, I think, I really think you got to go three tackles. So if, if you get Okanula, um, you're looking at maybe two more guys, uh, unless there's somebody that's just a, you know, I, I can't, you know, I can't refuse yeah. kind of, kind of situation. But they need tackles, and they need they need to do what they did in 2018 when they had the two top 10 tackles at their yeah. position. Yeah. They need to do that. They need to do that again. Um, yeah. And he's he's one of them. And I think as far as top tackle prospects go, he's probably the one they have the best shot at at getting in. So, okay, 
Yeah, it well, I they've they got Lyman this year, uh, which is extremely important. We have the skill guys <laughs> um on the offensive side at least. Um if we can get a couple more skill guys on the defensive side of the ball, that'd be great. But line is extremely important. That's one thing that we've talked about. Penn State always had it under Joe Paterno. The highlight of their team pretty much every year was O-line never being an issue, D-line and their linebackers. I, Austin, I was watching the uh, 9 Rose Bowl the other day. I uh, couldn't watch the whole thing, uh, obviously, because it's just hard to watch. But um, O-line, we had Gerald Cadogan. We had A.Q. Shipley. We had Ornberger. We had Wisniewski. Wisniewski was a um, junior. Uh, Wisniewski Jr., he played at Penn State, too. His father, I believe he won a national title. And then who did we have a tackle? Um, oh, um, darn it. I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting his name. He's always on Colin Cowherd's show. Um you know who I'm talking about, Austin? Can you remember who I'm yeah, talking I, about? I can't. I can't think at all. I can't think. Or uh, not Ornberger. I'll remember his name. But um, the O line was just stacked. That whole O line was in the, the NFL. NFL. So that's what we need again. Um, Amir Herring, 6'3", 280, offensive lineman. Quentin Martin, athlete, six two one eighty, Bell Vernon. Uh, Darius Redman, six one one eighty five, wide receiver. Uh, Pal Tennessee, class of twenty three. They're 23 and 24 um, classes. Uh, so, once again, it's very important that we get these guys in early. Uh, we, we show them what we got here. Um, and I just hope that Franklin <clears throat> really speaks on the fact that, hey, if your class is 24, 25, by the time you get here, we're probably going to have a pretty solid squad. And we're going to have some updated facilities coming possibly before you leave. So, um, Another guy I wanted to mention, Austin, was five-star quarterback Dante Moore. He's class of 23. He was here at Penn State. Um, you know, he spoke about the crowd. Uh, he was at the Auburn game. Um, yeah, he just really liked the atmosphere and the coaches and the school itself. So that's good to see, having a guy like that here. Um, it'd probably be better for him not to come here unless he wants to redshirt because he's probably not going to start right away if Drew Aller's doing well. Um, but, Yeah. Austin, did you have any thoughts on the uh, on the visits? Uh, you know, we kind of we kind of send some stuff back and forth, but I think it's a very a very good thing and a very important thing for the future of our program. So, yeah, you know, I'm really just general stuff. I mean, it, it's so early in the process; we can really only kind of talk very generally about things. None of these guys are really, or m- most of these guys are not anywhere near ready to commit to any place yeah. they're, they're really they're really just looking to um to kind of explore explore their options i think it's very it's it's critically important to get these in-state guys in here for yeah. sure uh, and yeah. really really solidify those relationships um because that's one thing that we didn't really see we, we kind of you know we saw a little bit of a decline in penn state's ability to kind of lock down the in-state talent and that needs to be rectified for sure. So it's good to see that we're, that we're bringing in guys, you know, from the Aliquippas and, you know, the St. Joe's preps and the Archbishop Woods and, you know, these types of places. Um, so that's really good. Get it, making those in-state inroads as well. 
But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's super, super great job. And, and this is a big reason of why, you know, James Franklin went out and hired a guy like Phil Troutwine. Uh, his ability to connect to players and bring in offensive linemen and yeah. just offensive line talent in general. I mean, we're looking at, you know, we're looking at guys like Sam Pen- uh, Pendleton. We're looking at um, Okanola as well. Uh, just getting guys in here, especially at the tackle position, is going to be, um, you know, incredibly important. A lot of guys, um, and I think this, like I said, this is going to be a cycle where I think they really throw some numbers at offensive line, um, hopefully elite, yeah. high, high upside, high talent guys as well. Yeah. But the one thing, and I've seen this echoed, you know, you heard it here as well. I've heard this echoed from the Lions 247 guys, uh, the Penn Live guys. I've heard it from um, Blue White Illustrated with uh, relation to on three. Phil Troutwine and Penn State has really shifted their dynamic for recruiting, and they are not – really going after too many of these guys that have to like grow into their frames and all this kind of stuff. They are recruiting big dudes already, um, you know, physically mature, powerful guys already in high school. Um, yeah. And I think that's going to improve their hit rate. I think that's going to improve their hit rate. That's going to improve their ability to, I think, you know, really kind of develop more offensive line talent, uh, because the one thing, and a, a lot of people maybe take this for granted, you know, you come in here as an offensive lineman, maybe you weigh whatever, 260, 270, and you're learning the technique and you're going through the drills and all this kind of stuff. And you're, you're learning the footwork and, and all these types of things. Uh, when you have to put on, you know, 30 pounds, 40 pounds, the footwork changes your leverage changes, your ability to get in and out of your stance changes. It might decline because you're just moving around at such a, such a heavier weight. So there, there's some technical things that need to be overcome when you put on that much weight. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, I, I don't really, I've never really heard anybody really talk about that or anything like that, but movement is very different when you put on that much more weight. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes there's a bit of a, a learning curve there and they have to kind of adjust. There's an adjustment period to where they kind of have to hash some things out at that, at that increased weight. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. You know, these guys that are already big um, you know, they're not going to really, if anything, they're going to have to recomp a little bit so that they'll pull off some of the bad weight. They'll drop some body fat. They'll put on a little bit more uh, muscle mass. Um, that's really not, that's not, that's not a big deal. Um, that's more functional mass. Uh, as opposed to just, you know, having a little bit more body fat, that's a much easier transition. If anything, their movement should improve from that. Uh, but just putting on that much raw mass is, is a challenge. So uh, I really haven't heard anybody bring that up or talk about that aspect of it. So I figured yeah. I would do it here. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really, really pleased with the junior day. It, it was really, really productive group. Um, it wasn't gigantic, but the the talent was very good. Um, they had some 2024 20, guys. I think they had a couple 2025 20, guys here too. Um, I'm not really going to get yep. into that because that's that's uh, talking about that is like that's like trying to predict the weather for next year. Uh, there's, there's really no point in that one. But it's good to see that they're already kind of making some inroads with some of their top guys, some of their local guys as well. Um, and as always, uh, Penn State, James Franklin and, and, and crew are, are doing a great job with 
with the recruiting aspect. So, yep. you know, no, no complaints here. I think they're doing a lot of good things. I think they just need to, this is a, this is a big year. If they can double down and they can hit at a, just a, the same rate or just a little bit better this season, pairing up these back-to-back classes, man, that's, that's program changing. Uh, that's program changing talent in, in that you're bringing in. Um, so uh, my fingers are crossed. I'm I'm pretty confident. I'm confident in their ability to to recruit. So overall, I think the junior day was a big success. So no no complaints here for me. Uh, obviously, we'll keep watching watching some things as as all these young men figure out what, what they want to do uh, as far as what what universities they want to attend uh, and what who they want to play football for and all that good stuff. But great start here for Penn State. And um, just to touch minorly on on uh, Chuck Losey. Uh, I actually looked it up. I figured we were going to have we we're have a, a battle of the mustaches with uh, with Oregon's head strength and conditioning coach. I just saw he actually uh, got hired by Miami, so he's down at Miami now. I did I was unaware of that. Um, so now it's Miami's uh, head strength and conditioning coach Aaron Feld, who uh, if you don't follow him on Instagram, he's 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 a funny guy. He puts a lot of really funny stuff up. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's he's a he's a funny guy, but he's got he's got one of the crazy handlebar stashes yeah. as well. So, uh, so yeah, I thought that was that was kind of interesting. But yeah, from from all indications and from all the things that I've heard, Losi's super well liked, super well respected, uh, seemingly very deserving of the of the promotion. So I, I have uh, I have full confidence that he's going to do a great job with these young men and uh, getting them ready and, and physically prepared to to play at the highest level. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for a guy like him to be a head strength coach at Penn State when you have a guy like Dwight Galt there. Um, you know, he's he's the man when it comes to that. So, um, but yeah, it's good to see him. Good to see him come in. And going off your point about the lineman, I just want to make clear what I mean when I say, like, it's good that these guys are big. When you're that big coming out of high school, it's good. But what's even better is how much potential you have because you already have that size so that is my just to clarify my point when i talk about the big lineman coming out of high school yeah that's great but like austin said if you can't translate that into the speed of division one and then the nfl then it's it's a disadvantage but that's what i mean when i say that um you have that size already okay use that to your advantage get the skills down and you're already projected to be going to the NFL because that's what NFL linemen are. They're massive. So, but they're also very good athletes, um, extremely quick, extremely strong, uh, just agility, um, just good feet, you know, just everything that you could ask for, uh, especially at the tackle position. So Austin, just going off of what you were, what you were saying there, it's just, they need to develop. And, um, I think that's, I think we have the staff to do that. So. And another thing I'll mention too, uh, and then we can kind of get off the, the old line. I feel like we, we chat about them pretty much every, every week yep. um, and, and deservingly so, but yeah. the, the one thing that is really, really critical, and this is why if they can get a guy in the portal, uh, that's ready to play tackle, it would be so immensely beneficial because they already got a guy in a Fashanu that, that can play one of the positions, either right or left. So I think they're good on one side. 
The problem arises is, 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 in this area is the talent and depth at tackle. It's just not there. They don't really have the numbers. They don't really have the talent or the depth to really kind of put guys at tackle that are actually tackles. Um, and that's why that's what we saw with a guy like Caden Wallace. I think he's an okay tackle. I think he's a very maybe like average, maybe slightly above average tackle. Looking at him play and looking at his high school tape, I think he would be a great guard. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's what really I think Penn State needs. And that's something they never really faced in the Paterno years. They had the appropriate guys playing the positions that they can play the best. You know, right. Uh, right. And, and here's the thing. I don't know if I necessarily agree with this. I don't know if I necessarily agree with the coaching staff on this one. Because the way I see it, if you can put together four guys in a row at the proper position where they can be the best at, and you put a tackle that maybe he's just, it, he's just not quite that good at one side, I think that's better than shuffling things around and putting a guy out at tackle, replacing him with the second teamer that's just playing out of position. Right where he's just okay, the backup's okay. So then you have two okay guys versus four great guys and one guy that's just not so good. Right. Right. You know, you you can work around that. I I, I just don't know that I agree with playing guys out of position. And and especially for 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 the young for the young men playing too. It's not in their best interest. It's not in their best interest to get drafted. You want to play them where they deserve to be played. Prime example is like uh the Buffalo Bills they put when they played Ryan Bates at left guard because he's a guard. He played pretty good. He played pretty well. It's weird right. when you put guys in position that they're supposed to be in and and that their skill set maximizes their ability in. It's weird how they play better. You know this isn't this isn't rocket science. This is just this is just logic. You know if, if whatever. Same, you could translate that to any sport, um, or really any any profession. Like if so, if someone's really crappy at math, like you're probably not going to have them go be a math teacher or an right. accountant or some someone that has to do deal with numbers all day long. That right. that, that just wouldn't make any sense. Right. Um, it's the same concept. I want to see these guys because again, and 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 the viewers and and a lot of folks, the fans in general, have brought this up, and, and they're right. They do have guys that are very highly touted. They were very highly ranked in their in their recruiting rankings. You know, the, these middle to high four star guys, and Wallace was one of them. You know, they asked the question, why, why isn't he playing up to his? Why isn't he playing up to that? Because he's not in the position that he's supposed to be in. That's yeah. why. Yeah, that's the that's the answer. Yeah. So I just wanted to I just wanted to make a note of that. Yeah, and that's that's the thing about having depth is sometimes you have to put guys where you don't want to, and you see what happens this year. I mean, they have going into next season, they have Efner, they have Tangwall, Fashanu, um, Wilson, Scruggs, uh, Wiegand, Wallace. And I'll, I'll say this right now. If I were to give our, that offensive line right there, a grade, I'd probably give them maybe a C because we just don't know what they can do. Um, Austin spoke about Fashanu. Uh, you know, we're excited about him, um, but 
that's why it's very important to have this depth coming in in this new class and future classes like Birchmeyer. Birchmeyer could possibly be one of the best linemen we've ever had here. Um, he's already ranked in like our top 10 and best recruits we've had at Penn State somehow. I don't know how, but um, um, so that, that's one thing that needs to be addressed. And like we've said, we've, we've stressed the importance of depth. Um, so going forward, we want more depth, more competition at every position, especially at the other line, because that was one of our weakest positions last year, weakest uh, areas uh, last year. So, uh, Austin, speaking of the offensive line and the bad run game we had this year, um, I think it's good to see a guy like Noah Kane who transferred out. Uh, we'll be playing for Brian Kelly at LSU. Uh, that's where he's from, uh, uh, Louisiana. Um, I hope he has a good career there. Uh, if you want to compare coaches, Brian Kelly and James Franklin, I think James Franklin is a much better coach to play for, but um, went from one very good, very well-known D1 school to another very good, very well-known D1 school. He's going to be playing in the SEC. So, um, hey, man, I, I wish him nothing but the best, and hopefully his line is good, and I, I hope that he just has – uh, the career that he should. Uh, he was a five-star running back coming out of high school. Um, I think after his injury, he just never really got back to it. So for him, more than anything, I think he just wanted a new start, and he's getting it. And LSU is a good school to go to, so good for him. Yeah, happy for Noah. Um, you know, I'm glad he was able to go to US or uh, LSU just because that's um, you know really close to home for him. He's from Baton Rouge. So, you know, get close, closer to family. And I, I really just hope, I hope he gets back to his, his, um, his previous form that he had as a freshman before the injury. Um, Cause you know, we, we touched on this before as well. I, he just, he wasn't the same. He, he was just not, he didn't have, he did not have the lower body strength. He did not even have the quickness. He just looked slow. He wasn't breaking tackles. He wasn't falling forward. All those things that we praised about him, his freshman season when he was healthy, he just wasn't able to do it. Um, and it's, it wasn't for lack of trying. He just physically was not capable. So I, I hope, I hope he continues to rehab. I hope he gets fully 100% healthy. I hope he gets back to his former strength. And honestly, I hope he gets better. I hope he has a really good end of his career um, at LSU and whether, you know, whether that leads him to the NFL or to um, some other uh, professional aspiration. Uh, I wish him nothing but the best. He's, he's a, uh, He's really a really good guy, really good kid. Um, I know he's going to be graduating with his degree in, in spring from Penn State, so he'll be he'll be set, he'll be ready to go from from an academics, um, yeah, you know, uh, bachelor's degree perspective. So you know, nothing but nothing but praise for him. Uh, I hope I hope he gets well, and I hope he I hope he continues, and I hope he has a, a great comeback. Yeah, man. Um... It's good to see him go to a good school like LSU, and I hope that he uh, – I mean, Brian Kelly brought him there for a reason, so he's probably going to start. Um, but, Austin, um, that kind of takes us into our next story. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about is Cincinnati. Um, I believe they've had two new coaching hires. I can't remember the other one, but the one that I'm talking about is uh, they're going to hire former uh, Ohio State defensive coordinator Kerry Combs. Um as this new cornerback and special teams coordinator. So what's interesting about that is he went from defense coordinator, Ohio state to Cincinnati 
and kind of, I mean, I would say took a little bit of a step down in terms of positioning. Um, probably not much to really overanalyze. Um, it's usually what happens. Like if you get fired as a head coach, you really don't go to another head coach somewhere else. Uh, sometimes you have to step down to like an OC or something like that. That happens on all levels. Um, but it's good to see Cincinnati getting coaches from a school like Ohio State because I like to see a school like Cincinnati do well. I like to see them kind of come out of the woodwork, have a Cinderella season um, with a coach like Luke Fickle, who, hey, he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't a Nick Saban before. Um, so, but he was a good coach, but he wasn't like a, you know, one of those standout guys. Um, so it's good to see a school like Cincinnati do that and then build on top of that more um, and just become better. So I want to see more schools like Cincinnati go undefeated, um, make it into the playoff, uh, just for the parity of college football, for the encouragement of complete competition all around, all around the country, uh, taking a school like that and making them good enough to go into a game against Honestly, man, they did good against Alabama. Nick Saban never runs up the score because he's classy, but um, they did good against Alabama. They looked what they looked good. I think they could have competed with any of those teams in that uh, in that playoff. Um, so it, it's overall it it also encourages schools like Cincinnati to be like, hey, they did it, we can do it too. So um, it just goes to show that you know and it also encourages good coaches to go to like those smaller schools um you know like ricky ronnie you know something like you know like a situation like that where they're going to a smaller school and they can possibly turn them into a playoff team so um overall i'm just it's good to see um cincinnati making hires like that they're here to stay apparently um and they're not trying to just have a one and done um they're trying to uh, continue this, continue this, uh, this, uh, this uh, train ride. Um, Dennis Ritter, he's going to the NFL, right? I think so. Okay. Well, maybe, you know, Cincinnati ends up being in the future, a landing spot for like a guy like Quinn Ewers, you know what I mean? Um, guy like Justin Hunter, um, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's just I wanted to point it out because I like to see these smaller schools continue to build. So, yeah, and, and I thought it was a good hire. You know, I think Coach Coach Combs is a is, is a high quality coach. I think he's done a lot of great things at Ohio State. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, he, he done he's done a really good job on the recruiting trail as well. And, and uh, it made a lot of sense to me. Obviously, Luke Fickle coached with Coach Combs at when he was at Ohio State. Right. Um. So obviously, they have that that past experience and that and that rapport together so I, I thought it was a good hire I think it's just and and obviously he he you know what a what a good recruiting hire for you know staying in the state of Ohio I mean he knows how to he knows how to recruit Ohio um, as well as anybody so yeah, I have a big pickup for Cincinnati I think I think it's a really good hire um, I think that it's definitely an upgrade at that position uh, for them from a coaching perspective um, yeah uh, good to see it uh, I think coach Fickle's doing a great job down there and and uh, you know we'll see we'll see how they go. I do think they're gonna they're gonna somewhat reload. I think they're gonna have a really good team 
this coming season uh, again. So we'll see how that how they do. Um, but yeah, I think they're I think they're doing some nice things down there. Well, that's the thing too is seeing another school in Ohio do well. Um, you know, Pennsylvania really doesn't have any other schools that are uh, they they don't really have any other real prominent schools besides Penn State. Um, so to see another Ohio, Ohio school do well, it's good to see. I mean, of all the Ohio football teams, NFL and college, Ohio State is like the program because the NFL teams aren't ever really that good. Uh, the Bengals are doing well, but you know they're they're like the team that Ohio people probably follow because the NFL teams just you know they they historically have just not been that good. So um, yeah, it's just good to see another school in Ohio do well. A uh, guy like Luke Fickle, who's an Ohio guy, hiring an Ohio State guy. So um, just in state and turning that program around, around it's good to see. Um, Austin, one really important story that I wanted to touch on, and you know, going back on what we we're talking about with recruiting and the importance of bringing these guys in and the importance of this class this year. Uh, is getting these young guys playing time and getting these young guys to be like key contributors on their t- on this team in the 2022 season. Um, I think it's extremely important, and we're going to touch on Clifford too, that a guy like Drew Aller and Nick Singleton, particularly Drew Aller, probably starts this year um, or at least – you know, I've said before that I was very hopeful and optimistic about Clifford, but after that bowl game performance, I just don't see it, man. I was hoping he would come back and have a good performance, but he didn't. Um, and it's not all on him, but um, I think it's important that guys like Saunders, guys like Aller, guys like Dennis Sutton, guys like Singleton come in and see early significant contribution and playing time because if these young guys are coming in and they're doing well under this stat under this staff it only bodes well for future recruitment um because we have some really really solid guys coming up in the next couple years in terms of recruits that will just change you know they they could potentially change a program so the importance of these guys playing early playing well is just so extremely important. I can't say it enough. Um, something Austin and I have talked about, just recruiting and be like, hey, if Drew Aller is there as a freshman doing well, a true freshman, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State was a freshman last year, and he was in the Heisman running. If we can get a guy like Drew Aller in the Heisman running like that, Singleton, guys like that, get them TV time, get them in the playoffs, stuff like that. It's just – it's extremely important to for that to happen because if these young guys are doing well here now, we're going to get more young guys coming in and doing well early or at least hoping to do well early. So um, it's just something that I think is very important going into the next year. These guys are here. Um, you know, I've, we've listed off the people that are early enrollees and – Austin, uh, I'm going to let you talk, but um, I'm going off of uh, the Pay Dirt podcast, uh, Matt McGloin's podcast, and 
couple things that they were talking about. Um, first and foremost, and it hits the nail on the head, Sean Clifford for being a fifth-year senior um, is way too inconsistent, and that's it. Um, one thing that he talked about, Matt McGloin, and Matt McGloin was a quarterback here. He was a walk-on, uh, was a starter at Penn State, played in the NFL, Bill O'Brien. Really turned him around. He went from a not good quarterback to a NFL caliber quarterback that was starting in the NFL. So um, he said the quarterback position, the quarterback battle next year is completely open. He said any of those guys have a shot. And he said, Sean Clifford, this is coming from Matt McGloin, said if he doesn't do a complete 180, he's not taking the first snap against Purdue next year. Um, so and I agree. I, I think Sean Clifford really has to prove himself and then some, because if he hasn't done it by now, it's it doesn't bode well for him. So it's interesting to think of like why he came back. I think he came back because, I mean, what else is he going to do? Um, he's not going to the NFL. Um, so maybe for the love of the program, if he doesn't start, then he can help uh, the younger guys. But it's something that they said on that podcast. The quarterback battle is completely wide open, and um, any one of those guys, he said, can take it. Perbiola, Veyu, Clifford, Aller. Um, it's it's completely open. So, um, and I agree, I agree. And we know that Clifford or uh, Franklin doesn't play politics. So, um, Austin, I always get those two mixed up because they're both cartoon characters. <laughs> Franklin and Clifford, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's why yeah. I get them mixed up. <laughs> but that's uh, funny, I didn't yeah. think about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's you know that's we're talking about the young guys playing, guy like Aller playing, having success early. I mean, if Drew Aller comes in and plays as good as we think he can, Austin, I think we can make the playoff next year. I'm not, I'm not kidding about that. I think it's possible because when you have a good quarterback like that, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, you can do that. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of my take on that. Uh, just the inconsistency of Clifford is not only frustrating, but I think at this point he's, he's kind of seen his time. And unless he does a 180, then he's not starting next year. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I think Matt McGloin hit the nail on the head. If, if I were the head coach, it, it would be, it would be a hundred percent open. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think as far as I'm concerned, it should be, it should be a hundred percent open every year. And yeah. if you have an incumbent starter, that's just better. They'll, they'll win the job every year um, because of those things. Um, but yeah, the, the only thing that I would say is again, they're starting the first game in conference play away. Now, conventional coaching wisdom would say having a more experienced guy would be advantageous opening the season away. However, it's Purdue yeah. away. The stadium is not going to be crazy. It really never is. No. Um, even though they, I think they have a pretty good team, so it, it's definitely they a do. losable game. They so, do, yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the thing is, the thing is, this this is the way I see it. While conventional wisdom might say you want to start 
the more experienced guy. Couple, couple of things here. Multifaceted as I usually am. One, Sean Clifford is going to be a sixth-year player and a four-year starter, potentially. <laughs> Especially in the bowl game. He has not operated the offense and made decisions indicative of someone with that level of experience. So I don't know how much you're really getting. Number two, if someone like Drew Aller, who we presume um, is as advertised, physically is more gifted and more talented, and he should have every opportunity to win the job in spring. If he is the best physically and even whatever, even if he's not quite there mentally, if he's physically just better and can open up the offense more than Clifford, he needs to start. Thirdly, a guy like Drew Aller, opposing teams have absolutely zero tape on him because he's never played in college. No. They have no they have no tape. There's no game plan. There's just normal. And this is and this is just a fact. As far as physical capability, Drew Aller has an arm that can make more throws than Sean Clifford can with his arm. Which means you might be able to take some shots and make some throws and run some routes that Sean Clifford can't hit, but Aller can, and that opens up the offense and it will be nowhere on film. Right. So I think all those things stack in your favor. I don't think, and I don't know that James Franklin would do this. I'm not saying he would, but starting Clifford for the sake of he's more experienced is not an argument. I don't think that is a sound, reasonable thing to say or a claim to make because I don't really think it's really paid off that 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 much. I don't think the dividends no. have really paid off. No. Um, so. I'm, I'm in, man. I'm, I'm in with Aller. I, I think I, I, I feel very strongly that he is going to be very good. I really, really do. Um, and at quarter quarterback play and engaging that stuff is not easy. It's, it's super challenging, but I mean, this guy, he, he's got every, he's got every physical ability he could ever want. So I think you gotta, you gotta give him every opportunity. And I think he's the kind of guy that likes to get to work and is going to work at it and is going to perfect it and is going to really, really take off um, this winter and then the spring. So all I can say is hang on to your seats and, and belt yourself in because I think it's going to be a hell of a spring ball. Yeah, it's at this point. It absolutely has to be open. Uh, I think we see Vayu probably transfer at some point because I don't think there's any way he's second string over Clifford if Clifford's second string. If Clifford doesn't start, I mean, um, so hey man, it's li- literally the quarterback battle at Penn State right now is probably one of the most intriguing quarterback battles in the entire country. We have no idea who could n- not a clue. We I mean, we kind of have a clue, but anybody could probably start because we don't know what Cl- Aller is really capable of. We really don't. And we and um, we shouldn't be dis you know we shouldn't be discounting Vayu because I think no. I think he's he's shown some good stuff yeah playing against D one competition I yeah. mean I, I think he looks he looked pretty good yeah in limited action he's got a little bit more experience more knowledge of the playbook all these things yep. so I think he I think he's I think he's got every opportunity to to, to yeah. be the starter as well exactly yeah so um I mean we are hopeful for Aller because he's one of the best prospects we've had at any position 
in years come to this school. Um, so, but again, like we've said, the position is wide open. Um, hoping for a good battle. And like Austin said, buckle up, get your popcorn ready because come spring, you know, and this is one thing, other thing that Matt McGloin said, he said in these winter workouts in the spring and training camp, he said, if Clifford is not just Peyton Manning, he's his chances of starting man. Cause it's not just about being Sean Clifford. It's about being a better version of Sean Clifford. And if you can't do that, then you're probably not going to, you're probably not starting. And even if you do start, you have a bunch of hungry lions behind you ready to just rip you limb from limb because they want to be the starter. So, um, you know, and the one thing I'll say too, I mean, when you look at it, when you're looking at a guy that's going into his sixth season, his potentially fourth season as a, as a starter, and you're, you have to make the disclaimer of, he better have basically have perfect practices to keep the job. You're kind of putting your chips on the table already. Yeah. That he's probably not the guy. If you're saying that about someone that's played that much football, I mean, come on. Well, you like that, that's pretty much a tell in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, who's the last, when's the last time Penn State had a four year starter? going into their last year and being like, huh, I wonder if he's going to start. Like, Daryl Clark was a two-year starter. Uh, Morelli was a two-year starter. The last long-term starter we had was, I think, Zach Mills that, you know, in recent times. I mean, McQuarrie was like a two-year starter. Um, you could say you could say Hackenberg. He started Hackenberg, three yeah, Hackenberg. He was in a very – he was in a he was in a lousy spot. Yeah, that that was a very that was tough. bad spot to be in. Um, very loyal of him to stay at Penn State. Um, but I don't think I've we've ever 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 seen a situation where a guy like this who's been here so long, and we're like going into his final year, a COVID year, being like, man, he's just not good. Like, dude, what? How is that even possible? You know, how is that even possible? So. You know, yeah. and it's it's one of those things too, where if you go back and you look, it's almost it's strange because you saw a little glimmer in 2018 in super limited action when he just came in at the end of games and all this kind of stuff. Great deep ball, really good pocket presence, good arm. 19, you saw some more of the same. Wasn't quite as efficient down the field, but still pretty efficient. Right. Still good arm, good decision making, all these types of things. Really good at delivering the football. 2020, nightmare. Now, again, I understand COVID, couldn't really practice, new OC, timing stuff We with the receivers not great, O-line concern. I get it. Like, I, I understand there were some challenges. But that was like two or three steps back from 2019. Then the problem is this. More experience the next year. 21 this past season did he get better yes but maybe he, he only took maybe a, a step or maybe a half a step forward which means on the net as i see it he's still worse than he was in 2019 that should never happen you, you shouldn't you shouldn't get more experience and get worse that that is that is not the that is not the proper direction we ought to be going in it, sh it should be getting easier 
Yeah. Uh, and, and again, there are it's multifaceted, you know, different different OCs and all this stuff. I get it. I understand all that. But that does not explain away the poor decision making, the poor footwork in the pocket, the absolutely horrible pocket presence on evading pressures. Like it doesn't do that. <laughs> I'm, it just doesn't. It, you can't explain that away. Right. Um, all, all those things should improve with more experience. It, it shouldn't get worse. And, and he's, he's either stayed the same or regressed in some areas. So, uh, you know, I think for Penn State as a program moving forward long term and by long term in football terms, I'm, I mean the next two to four years, I think is in their best interest to get our reps. He yeah. needs time and reps and experience because I think he really has an opportunity to be an outstanding quarterback. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing about the the importance of not only is he young and he's a big prospect, but I think he's the best guy we got. Um, and if, 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 if we're right about it, he is leaps and bounds, the best guy that we got. So, and that's going to lead to, I mean, Arch Manning coming in, you know, guys like that, Arch Manning type guys coming in and being like, Hey, I'm the next guy up because Dude, Alabama, Ohio State, they always got the next guy coming in. Here's the deal, man. If you're talking about – this is going to be a super bold statement um, for a guy that's never a snap in college. If you're looking at physical capabilities, he is probably the best passing quarterback prospect that Penn State has had you could say since Hackenberg because Hackenberg was a great prospect, but it didn't pan out. I think Aller is going to be on the field. I think his production is going to be like, you'd have to go all the way back to like Kerry Collins. Well, yeah, you'd have, it, you'd have to, because like, I think, I think he can, he can be that he, if everything goes according to plan, he will go down as the best quarterback that Penn State's maybe ever had. Yeah, and maybe maybe the most productive quarterback that that they've ever had. Yep, for sure, probably the most productive. Just yep. by the way the offenses operate these days with the spread and a, a lot of gaudy stats and a lot of passing and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, yeah. he's got he's got the same or more ability than any of the best quarterbacks Penn State's ever had in the program. Um, yep. so that's why I love it. And and just a, a little touch on on Singleton. I know you mentioned him as well. Uh, it's still my prediction by the end of the season, he will have had the most amount of rushing attempts out of anybody in, in the, in the backfield. That's what I believe, because I believe as far as a, a true hard nosed breakaway, uh, kind of pop a big play kind of tailback. He's the, he is, he's the guy, he's the best guy on the roster. And I think he he's going to be very reminiscent of what we had when, after Barkley when we had some, when we had Miles Sanders. I think he's going to be very similar there. Yeah. He's he's a, he's he's a good he's a great rusher. He's got breakaway speed. He can catch the ball out of the backfield just like just like the best backs we've had Sanders, Barkley, all these guys. All the tailbacks can always catch passes out of the backfield. So I think I think he also I think he leads the tailback room um, in in rushing attempts by the end of the season. I, I think he's that good. I agree with you. Um, I just really hope the line is 
at least good enough to just give him looks because I think he's I think he's so good and so quick. I mean, he almost reminds me of Darren Sproles, man. He's so quick. <laughs> he's so quick. Um, well, the thing the thing is, he reminds like, and that's 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 actually pretty good. He reminds you of a guy like Darren Sproles, yeah. Except he's like six foot and weighs two hundred and fifteen yeah, pounds. He's freaking, like, he's a he's massive. He's, he's, a, a, he's a big. He's a big guy. He's I not. Mean, he's not small. Yeah, these high school kids, man. Holy crap! Like, I look nothing like that coming out of high school. They don't. They, yeah, they they uh, they make them. They make them different these yeah. days. Well, they lift, which is important you know which is very important very important. obviously they lift um but and as far as the, the as far as the o-line we touched on it before i i do think they're going to be better man i i do i from a personnel perspective and where they're plugged into the o-line i really think they're going to be better and yeah. and frankly as far as tackles if they can't get a guy in the portal i think you, you i think you keep fashanu at left i think you put tangwall at right tackle i think you move wallace inside where he belongs and I think you get a guy like Sal Wormley coming off that injury. If he's if he's good to go, you put him at the other guard position. Scruggs um, at center. I think that line's better. I think that line's better. Yeah, as long as they, I, position, I really do. Yeah, as long as they position the guys in the right spots because they have they're going to have depth. Yep. Then yeah, I I agree with you. I think they will be better. Um, I'm pumped, man. I, I'm I'm pumped, and I'm I hope they are because. While none of them are like standout all stars, I think they got good enough skill guys that even if they're just decent, I think we'll be okay. So, um, I think you're gonna have I think you're gonna have small conference guys on that line. I think I think I'm gonna make a bold prediction now. I think I think Fashanu and Tengwall get all conference. Okay. I, I really do. I think they're pretty good. I think they're gonna be good. Yeah. And um, you know, I I think. I'm just excited. I'm excited to see him, man. I, I haven't been I haven't been as, as excited to see to see the O line play as as I probably am going into this season because I want to see what this what this new this new wave of guys can do. Um, it, it's time it's time for them to show out, and uh, I think they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder. I think they're going to play nastier. They're going to play more physical, and all these guys know how to run block. I mean, you know, Tengwall, his best position is probably guard too. Right. You know, I mean. I mean, you 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 put you put uh, a guy like uh, Caden Wallace on the interior with a guy like Sal Wormley, like they're yep. big, man. They are yep. big and they are physical and they are great downhill run blockers. I'm 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 excited to see it. Well, I'm gonna remember that you said that, man, because you're usually good at predicting stuff like that. So, well, you're you well, always are. Well, but, we'll um, see, man. We'll see it. Let's see if I have egg on my face or yeah. not. Yep, Tangwall and uh, Fashanu. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and hopefully some of these younger guys coming in can do the same thing. Hopefully come in here and get some s- significant playing time, if not start. So, um, yeah, it's – and I agree with you on Aller. I think he's easily one of the best quarterbacks we've probably ever seen come here. Uh, and that's better than Christian Hackenberg. Um, while Hackenberg was good, um, he don't I he didn't have the skill set that Allard does. Krakenberg just had coming out of high school, he had just an elite arm. Like without fail, he had one of the best arms we ever saw. So um while it didn't pan out with him, um, I think in terms of just skill set, yes, Aller is easily one of the best we've ever had uh, at Penn State. So 
And I think at the end of the day, he could end up being one of the best, if not the best we've ever had, um, one of the best and potentially a, I don't want to say a first, first overall pick because I don't know. Um, I mean, guy like Trevor Lawrence, he was the first overall pick when he was 16. You know, he was just, just on another level. Um, but, um, yeah, I think he has the potential to be a very good draft pick and really do some damage here at Penn State. So, um, Austin, we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back for yes or no to uh, end the show. You're listening to the Mark Lesko Podcast. Mark covers it all, sports, fitness, and has interviews with interesting guests. Every week, Mark is joined by Austin Stacks to cover Penn State football and the NFL. Stay tuned every week for more in-depth content. Thank you for listening to the Mark Lesko Podcast. Now, back to the show. Austin's got a couple yes or no questions for me. Uh, and I just wanted to make one more point uh, about Clifford and the O-line. It's a point that uh, Austin just made. Very good point is a lot of these guys under Troutwine, the offensive line coach, they're just really not his mold of players. Um, and that could be some, where some of the struggles are coming from. And the fact that they're bringing in these more, more of these O-linemen and the current O-line for next season right now is pretty young. So um, hopefully they fit in a little better. And going back to my point about Clifford also, uh, even last week when I said that I just don't think he's uh, Yurcich's guy, but I can tell you one thing, Drew Aller definitely is. So um, I think once we get some of these guys um, that these coaches mold well with, you know, I think the sky's the limit, you know, like Hackenberg, he was not Franklin's guy, but Trace McSorley was. So um, I think it'll be good to see. Uh, while Clifford may have been a good fit for Franklin, I don't think he's the best fit for Yersich. So get a guy in here like uh, Aller with a huge set of skills, and um, I think we could see some good things. So Austin, uh, you can take the floor. What do you got for me? Yeah, so let's go yes or no. Penn State finally locks down the number one player in Pennsylvania for the first time since 2018 when they landed Parsons. And who would who would that be? As of right this moment, it is uh, Rodney Gallagher, who is a athlete. He's going to be a defensive back, probably either a um, either a, either a corner or safety. And this is 23. 23. Yep. <sighs> Well, I, I have no, I haven't even like looked at this guy much. Um, is he is he being looked at by Penn State? Yep, he, he's uh, he's probably one of the he's probably one of the top in state guys on the board. It's Rodney Gallagher, okay. Because I see J, uh, Javen Williams too. 
at offensive tackle. Yep, the tackle. Yeah, so it's it's probably Gallagher or Williams that okay. are going to be probably the top two, along with Robinson, just because of his position. Um, he's going to be either a linebacker or an edge guy because he's he's pretty long, six four. And you and you can you the both of these guys are looking at Penn State. Is that something you yep. know? Yep. Well, if they're already yeah, Penn looking State's at Penn, in the mix, if they're already looking at Penn State, man, then yeah, I, I would say it's a very real possibility because with this, like I said, with this class coming in, and if they perform well, then yes, absolutely, uh, because he. Gallagher particularly is someone we could probably use right away um, because we don't really have in the future right now, we don't have a lot of top prospects and good depth there at defensive back or on the defensive side really at all. So yeah, I, I think it's very possible. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, that this is actually a good one. And I, I, I don't even know what I would say. I, I, I know what I think I would answer, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Penn State does not take a running back prospect in 2023. Hmm. Well, they brought two in like like a like a like a like a number one overall running back like that type of guy, you mean? Like they're not even gonna, they might not even take one. No, I think they, I think they will. I think they will. Um, because I mean, what I want at Penn State is like a school like Alabama. Najee Harris talks about how he had like five guys in front of him when he was a freshman, and literally every single one of them went to the NFL. <laughs> so yes, I, I think they will, and they, and they need to. Yes, absolutely, and I'm sure you'll agree with that, but. Yeah, man. I mean, I think they take one. I mean, holy hell, they they need top guys sitting on the bench. You know, that's what they need, man. Yep. I think I think they take one. Um, I don't think they take more than one. Uh, obviously, they've been doing this thing where they get. Yeah, um, they don't need to. You know, they they get a couple of these folks. Um, you know, they got they got two this cycle. They got two uh, two cycles ago. Um, you know, so I I think. I think they probably take one. I don't think they take two. Um, similar to tight end, I think they take one tight end. They already have him in, Sha- in Schlafler. Right. Um, and they, they also have Barnwell, who's still listed as a tight end. I, I really think he ends up at tackle. I really do. I mean, he's just – he's freaking huge, man. Um, so, going off of that, I'm going to have to say – Oh man, how do I want to word this one? This is a little, a little nuanced. Um, oh, there you go. Yes or no? The updated Penn State schedule is more favorable for Penn State. Well, I I I can't remember the exact details of how much was switched around, but I did notice that the. Um, Halloween game uh, was um, Ohio State at home. Um, so for that alone, having Ohio State come here on Halloween weekend, that alone right there makes it more favorable. Favorable because not only if Drew Aller plays well, not only do I think we beat Ohio State, but I think we 
just that's one of those um that's one of those like program turning games where we like okay we beat ohio state now we're taking the next step so yes i think it does is there anything that stands out to you that makes it not favorable or um no i think i think the schedule change was absolutely favorable for penn state for two reasons one well, th- three reasons. One, Ohio State is going to be that Halloween weekend. Right. I think that crowd's going to be raucous. I think it's going to be a super challenging place to play here, uh, presumably the whiteout. Um, the other thing is um, it's later in the year now as opposed to October 1st. That's That's been replaced by Northwestern um, yep. at home. Yep. And, you know, Northwestern had a down year, but they, they, they always play Penn State tough. They always play us tough. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that how that goes. But I think that's a much better uh, team to play uh, October 1 uh, as opposed to Ohio State, especially if you're breaking in a new quarterback. Uh, yep. Having them later in the year, having the quarterback, you know, get more experience, I think is going to be vital. Um, and also, I don't know if you, you took notice to this. I have the schedule up now. We we miss Iowa. We don't play Iowa um, this this coming season, which is I think really big. Um, you know, I, I don't think we want to see Iowa, especially after this past year. Um, I think that's good to have a little bit of a break. Um, we do we do uh, draw Minnesota, and they had all kinds of issues. That will be a little bit interesting because we, we definitely don't want Minnesota coming into our house because um, uh, with Tanner Morgan and uh, Kirk Shiraka again, <laughs> he went back to Minnesota, so. Um, we definitely don't want to lose to those guys. That would be, that would be pretty embarrassing. Right. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I think this lines up to be much more favorable, especially if, if we are breaking in a young quarterback. Um, uh, so I, I was pleased to see that. Like, uh, cause I kind of missed the whole, I, I know that they switched the schedule, but what exactly was it and why did they do that? Like, was Iowa on the schedule before? I think they were. Well, what, what like what happened? Why did they like what's going on? I think the the Big Ten said something about they didn't want to have like the same crossover games like more than like a year or two in a row or something, which doesn't make any sense because I'm pretty sure we've played Iowa for like the last six seasons in a row. Um, I don't know. It, it it probably had to do with money and marketing and all this kind of crap. Uh, the only thing I don't want. Um, because I don't know that, I don't know that it, I think it's, I think they're all scheduled for Saturdays, but again, as we've seen with the, with the schedule change, all this stuff is open to, uh, alteration by the big 10. Um, so I'm sure Penn state will fight it and probably not want to do it. Um, but I could, I could very well see that, that opening game against Purdue being like one of those wonky Thursday night games or something. Um, I definitely, I definitely would not want that. That, that would be. That would be kind of lousy, but we'll see. Um, it's really it's just a conference thing. Uh, it really doesn't have anything to do with Penn State. Um, they just they're a little bit like the NCAA. They kind of say stuff, and it doesn't really make any sense, but they just do it anyway. I I, I really don't know, but um, but yeah, I, I thought I think it is favorable catching Ohio State later in the season um, at home, um, and then and drawing Northwestern instead of Iowa out of the West. I think is much more favorable. So. We'll see. I'm I'm pleased with the change overall. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that. Uh, we'll see how that that uh, ends up going. Yeah, it's it's uh, 
I mean, it is what it is, man. Um, it, it does appear to be more favorable for us. You make great points, especially with Iowa being an off. But still got the good teams on there, you know? So, like, Michigan, Ohio State. <laughs> and I want to beat those guys. So, um, but, yeah, man, um, those are good questions. I will say this about Purdue being away. Matt McGloin picks them to lo- Penn State to lose that game um, because they had such a good season this year, plus their full victory. And he said that the crowds there have gotten significantly b- bigger over this past season. Um, so I think that's going to be, you know, it's going to be a tough game. But like you said, like you put a guy like Drew Aller in there who has no tape, put him in there in a pretty decently hostile game in a tough game and he does well um that's just that's just extremely confidence building for him uh bodes well for the future and you know it'd be great for him to go into uh drew Brees territory and just you know rip it up so and 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 here's the thing and i think this is gonna this is kind of why i'm talking up the o-line a little bit i'm talking up singleton coming in i think he's gonna lead in snaps and all this kind of stuff the best friend of a young quarterback away in a hostile environment is a running game. Right. That works. Right. That would be phenomenal. Come out, pound the rock, get chunks of yards, just, just get up there on the line of scrimmage, good on good. And just, and just blow them off the line and push them back and get the momentum right off the get go. That would be the, that's the single best way that that game can start. Um, I think they can do it. I think they will be better. I think the run blocking will be better. I think they'll have a run game next season. So is Singleton – well, I guess this is my yes or no. Is Singleton the starter next year now? I think he will start the most games out of the tailbacks. Yeah, I mean, who else? You're looking at Kevon Lee. He's probably going to be your starter week one. Okay. Um, right. I think Singleton will probably take that role eventually. Um, I just don't know. I don't know when it will be. I think it, I think it will be at some point though, because the, the biggest key for me is one, I think he's the most talented back on the roster. He's the most explosive. He's the quickest, um, all these types of things. He's the most athletically gifted. And the, the one big thing about the Penn state run game this past season was nobody could make guys miss. Nobody could break right. a tackle and no. get to the second level. No one could do that. Kevon Lee got a little bit better as the year went on, but he was not good at it. Noah Kane, no. Devin Ford, no. Um, it just wasn't happening for him. And these are all highly touted guys. They have good ability, and just they, they just couldn't get it done. Uh, Singleton is one of those guys. He he lived on breaking tackles in high school. And he is a hard-nosed, physical runner. I think he is going to be a major difference maker that is, is much like Drew Aller, is not going to be able to be ignored by the coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, if Well, that's the thing. If Kavion Lee is the starter, he, I mean, it doesn't matter if Singleton starts. You know, it's it's really not important if he starts. He just has not. to get touches. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. Okay. Well, Austin. Um, I think that's it for today. Just a little PSA for all of you out there. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, Instagram accounts getting hacked. Uh, Like it's, I've seen it happen to like several people where you start getting messages about like investing in uh, 
think Bitcoin or something like that. Um, like I've seen it happen quite a bit and there's the one show that I watch. Um, I believe it happened to one of the guys on there too, but yeah, just a little PSA. Like, you know, if you have Instagram, change your password. I've done it a couple of times already. Um, because people are somehow people are hacking pages and they're sending messages about, uh, investing in certain things and getting a return in like two hours, you know, stuff like that. So just a little PSA for you guys. Like I'm just saying it now because I just got a message from someone else saying that it happened to them. So, um, that's, you know, that's pretty scary, um, because people can get on your page and say stuff and do stuff that makes you look bad. Um, so yeah, just a little PSA for everyone out there, but, um, everybody be careful on the interwebs and don't click on any suspicious hyperlinks. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, it seems to just be like a, a, uh, something that's going around right now is just accounts getting hacked. I'm not really sure why. Uh, my old page, they tried to hack that all the time. I'd wake up every morning pretty much and have to change my password because someone's trying to hack into it. I don't know. I guess that happens when you have so many followers. I had like 30,000 followers. So, but um, Austin, I think that's it for this week, man. Um, once again, thank you for joining me. Uh, you know, I spoke to Austin earlier about our audience growing. Um, it is growing and we appreciate you guys tuning in listening to our show um you know we love talking about this stuff and uh i've gotten good feedback from it austin have you gotten any feedback austin from anybody yeah a lot uh, some of the some of the folks that i coach and things are, are into penn state football they watch the show i've, I've gotten nothing but positive uh r- reviews on it as far as that so you know not uh pretty much everybody uh, likes when i go on my some, some of my rants and my tirades when <laughs> when things aren't going super well, it's usually yeah. pretty entertaining for people. So uh, I'll, I'll make sure to, to keep doing that. Um, I'm sure, you know, hopefully I'll do it less next season because there will be less things that went wrong. I hope so. Um, yeah. So I mean, so, I, I don't blame you at all for doing it. I do it too, but I hope we have less to complain about. So, so we will see. Uh, it's, it's all in good fun though. We always, we always try to have a good time uh, on the show here, bringing, bringing you guys the latest for Penn state football. Um, appreciate you guys tuning in, uh, watching the show, um, at, you know, asking questions, giving us support, um, subscribing, following, liking, all that good stuff. Uh, we appreciate it. Until next time, ha- have a great night, everybody. And uh, thanks for having me back on the show.